Well, good morning, church. It's, let me just add uh, my welcome to you. It's good to be together on this Thanksgiving weekend. My name's Spencer. I get to uh, be an elder here in this community, give some oversight to our staff. It's, uh, it's good to be with you. And kids, we're so glad you're in here with us. Um, it's awesome. And so, you know, if your parents have said to you, oh, Pastor Spencer talked for a long time this morning. If they said that in the past, it's going to be short this morning. Don't be scared, okay? It's going to be okay. But we're glad you're in here, kids, because uh, as Miss Samantha said a minute ago, we've been talking for the last few weeks about some of the things that are most important to us as a church, some of the things that are most important. And we're going to talk about another one of those this morning, but I want to review since some of you kids weren't in here. These are our values. That's what I'm talking about. We started a couple of weeks ago with the first of our six values, life by God's word. God's word, kids, is what? It's the Bible, right? And so we at Church of the City want to make our decisions using God's word, helping us to figure out what we should be doing, where we should be going. The second thing we talked about was a life of persistent worship. That word persistence, that's kind of a big one, isn't it? And kids, we said that what this means for us is that worship should be a part of every day, right? Our love for God should spill out, should spill over into every day of our lives and all that we do. And some days that's hard, right? Because we're busy, there's a lot going on, but we're going to keep trying. That's what that word persistent means, is that you keep trying. Now, we're about to talk about the third one of these values, the third thing that's important to us. But before we do that, I want to uh, pause, okay? Um, it's so funny because Sam and I, Miss Samantha and I, are, we're, we're married. Um, we're husband and wife, and we have sort of brainwaves that go back and forth uh, when she's up on stage and I'm down there, or reverse. Sometimes they help us, and some, sometimes they work against us. This morning, they kind of worked against us because we both had the same idea. And what I'm talking about is this. We almost never do this thing where people, uh, where we ask you to interact with each other, but now we're doing that twice in the same morning, okay? Um, so that's fine. You're going to get to really get, get to know the people around you better, okay? So here's what I want you to talk about just for a minute with the people around you, okay? What are the things that you love to do at the holidays? This is Thanksgiving weekend was sort of the, the kickoff for the holiday season. Just discuss what are some of like the amazing family traditions, what are some of the things that uh, families love to do together at the holidays. Go ahead and discuss now.
Okay. I know I could have given you more time, but I want to hear some of these. I want to hear some of these, and specifically, I want to hear from you kids. So, so, so we want to hear things that you love to do as a family at the holidays, traditions you have. Kids, you can stand up on your seat if you need to, to shout it out for us. We can hear from some adults too, but... Food! Man after my own heart. Everything at the holidays should really revolve around food, shouldn't it? What else? Napping. Napping? A dad after my own heart, right there. You can't have one without the other, right? Yeah. What else? Presents, right? That's a part of the holiday seasons. We give each other gifts. Family, Family. just being together. Absolutely. What else? Board games. games. Esther and I are in a missional community together, and we love breaking out board games around the holidays. What else? Hiking. Hiking? Is that what I heard? Hiking, doing things together, seeing amazing things together, fall colors right now, right? What else? Hiking, a second for hiking. That's the first one we've gotten an upvote on. Okay. Music, listening, playing, all of the above? Listening. (laughs) She said, listening, listening. If the family starts playing, then things have gone off the rails, maybe, in that, in that family. Anything else? Football. Your dad was watching, wasn't he, Abby? And he's like, if Abby doesn't say football, then she's not allowed to come back for the holidays. Thanks for sharing those, everybody. Thanks in particular to you kids. You shared some good things. Here's what I want to do now. I want to read again these verses that Miss Jerusha just read for us. I'm going to read the same verses, but I'm going to read it from a little different version of the Bible. This is something called the message, okay, which is sort of our, our Bible, but put into some of the words that we use in our everyday life a little bit more, okay? And here's what I want you to do as I read this. I want you to think about the things that we just said that families love to do together around the holidays, okay? Now listen to these verses one more time. This is talking about some of the earliest followers of Jesus uh, soon after Jesus had gone back into heaven, okay? Here's what they were doing together. It says, they committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and the prayers. Everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles, And all the believers lived in wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned, and they pooled their resources. That means they took the money when they sold their things, and they put it all together. Lost my page. I'm getting too excited. Holding everything in common, they sold whatever they owned and pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praised God. People in general liked what they saw. Every day their number grew as God added 
those who were being saved. I don't know if you noticed this, but a lot, a lot of the things that these verses talk about are the things that we just said, right? They're having food together, they're spending time together, they're seeing amazing things happen together, they're being grateful with one another, they're meeting each other's needs. Some things that sound to me an awful lot, an awful lot like what families do. Well, we might ask, why were they doing that? Some of these people maybe just met each other. Why were they living this way together? And there's a few different answers we could say for that, but a really important one is this. Jesus taught them to live like that. Jesus taught them to live like that. There's a story in the Gospels, these books of the Bible that talk about Jesus' life. And in one of those, Jesus is with this crowd of people. He's talking with them. And some people come over and they say, Psst, Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers are here and they want to see you. And this is what Jesus says when he's told that. Hey, your mother and your brothers are here. They want to see you. He says this. Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus was describing here what we call a spiritual family. A spiritual family. And let me be really clear. Jesus was not saying here, he was not saying that our parents, you know, the, the, the parents who are raising us, whether those are our Uh, biological parents or adoptive ones. He wasn't saying that they don't matter. He was very clear in the Gospels that our parents are important and that we should honor them. But he was saying that the people who are following him, like we are today, are our family and that we should treat them that way. And this is the third of our values, Church of the City. Life in a spiritual family. Life in a spiritual family. And as with each of the ones so far, we have this little sort of byline that goes with it, and it's this. We share all of life as we follow Jesus together. Life in a spiritual family. We share all of life as we follow Jesus together. I wanted to say three things quickly about this before we continue on in our service, okay? The first is this. Spiritual does not mean less real. Sometimes we see people use this term spiritual to mean something that's like lovely and wonderful, but not real, not true, not something that you could, you know, quantify. We live in this world of science, and if you can't measure or quantify something, then it's not real. But being adopted into God's family truly does bring with it a whole host of new relationships. One of the church fathers, Cyprian, from North Africa said this, you cannot have God for your father if you do not have the church for your mother. Strong words, right? But I think there's truth in there. Number one, spiritual does not mean less real. Number two, what if you've had a a bad or a tricky family experience in your own life? Maybe you don't have much contact with your biological family, maybe none at all. Or maybe you do have contact, but you've had to work for years to establish, you know, good boundaries with your family. I know there are some of us in our church in that situation. How do we 
How do you then hear a phrase like this, like I just said, right? We share all of life as we follow Jesus together. Well, there are absolutely times, friends, when we establish boundaries with a church family. Absolutely times where we do that. But I think the problem is that too often we start, we start from a compartmentalized place, right? We say, well, this is my church life, and this is my regular life over here. These are my sort of church relationships, and these are my, my other relationships. And I think the scriptures ask for us to start from a place of full openness and to establish boundaries as they're needed. We share all of life as we follow Jesus together. This means the places we live, the resources that God gives us, our time, right? One of our most precious resources, we share it. So, spiritual does not mean less real. Yes, there are times when we must set up some boundaries, but we should default to a place of openness with each other. And last thing, I want to speak to the single folks in the room. Forgive me, forgive us as the church for any moment in which we have suggested that the single life is sort of plan B for the Christian. When can I set you up with so-and-so? You know, oh, are you seeing anybody yet? Oh, marriage, it's, you know, it's the greatest gift God gives. Forgive us for that. Jesus was a single person. Many people in the scriptures were single people. And my hope and prayer for you is that in your life at Church of the City, you experience life in a family. That you experience something wonderful with us. That you find a life full of intimacy, full of purpose, creativity, and a true community in our midst here. And friends, if this is happening, if we're living like this, the world will notice. The world will notice. How could they not? Latino theologian Carlos Sosa Salazar says this, since loving God is the way that creation can reestablish a proper relationship with its creator, and since loving Jesus means loving God, a community of disciples in which each loves the other as the Son loves the Father is in itself a testimony to the world of God's love. This love that we share together shows the world what God is like. Because we share something truly unique, truly wonderful. Think of what binds us together, friends. The God of the universe reached down into each of our mess and called us his own. This experience binds us together in a way that's remarkable. One of my favorite folk bands is a band called the Avett Brothers, hailing from North Carolina. Anybody familiar at all with the Avett Brothers? A few of us. They have this song called Murder in the City, which is not as grim as it sounds, okay? Um, the song is about a man going away, leaving his family to go work in the city, and he's not sure what's going to happen there, right? And he's concerned, in fact, that maybe he won't even make it back to his family. Who knows? And the last line of that, or last few lines of that song say this. He's sort of making preparations should he not return to his family. He says, 
Make sure my sister knows I loved her. Make sure my mother knows the same. And then the last line. Always remember, there was nothing worth sharing like the love that let us share our name. Always remember, there was nothing worth sharing like the love that let us share our name. Friends, there is nothing like this love that has brought us together. Nothing like it. The world longs for it, needs to see it. So let's love each other well. Let me pray for us and we're going to turn, turn a page in the service to something I'm quite excited about. But let's pray. Jesus, through your life, death, resurrection, you bought us away into an incredible love. There is nothing like it. And not only are we brought back into relationship with the God who created us, but we gain a family. And so would we love each other well? Would we share all of life together? Our homes, our dinner tables, our traditions, our best recipes, big news, good and bad, would we share it all? And would the world notice? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.